This is the Skies Blue Podcast. Podcast. We thought there's not been much happening, so you won't have had much to keep uh, keep your ear to the ground on about Chesterfield Football Club over the last week or six. So we thought we'll have a we'll have another Sky's Blue podcast with me, Phil Tooley, Stuart Basson, Daryl Carpenter, and Paul Fisher. Um, yeah, shall we start off with oh Chelsea? <laughs> what what a good day had by all. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Paul, they they looked after us in the, uh, the the press quite handsomely, didn't they? Certainly did. Yes, um, it was a, a special occasion. Fantastic um, old ground, Stamford Bridge. It was a, a sort of old media uh, room, wasn't it? That, that they were in, but an old-fashioned one. But I tell you what, full of food and all the seats, <laughs> press conference, and everything that went underneath the stand up right into the the uh, sort of lower tier of the big stand at uh, Stamford Bridge, and it was. Uh, it was tremendous, and they they looked after us very very well. Yeah, position A to watch the game, wasn't it? Right behind mm. the, uh, the 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 tunnel and everything. Little televisions on the desk, and the irony was, I don't think I looked at the little television once oh. during the game. It was we were just eyes glued onto what was going on the on, on the pitch. And I, I said at the time, Daryl, that you know losing five one, but getting that goal was probably better than losing a tight match one nil. If you're going to lose, you're going to lose. But to score a goal in front of your own 6,000 supporters um, made everything that went before it almost irrelevant. Oh, completely, yeah. I mean, uh, it will live long in the memory, won't it? And you know, I think it was very fitting as well, bearing in mind what he's been through over the last nine or ten months, that a quasi was the man to come in and, let's let's face it, score a goal any of us could have scored. But um, it, was, it was just terrific. And to see the... Response of the supporters with the players show that bond is, is very much there. Um, and it just capped today, didn't it? We'd been outclassed and we expected to be. I think as soon as we all saw their team sheet, we, we knew what we were in for, didn't we? Yes, and it was that, that team sheet moment, wasn't it? We were all sort of expecting and hoping for under-23s with maybe maybe Lukaku in, but no, it was Lukaku and plenty of other people who won lots of medals in the, the time. And Stuart, another just slightly less than 40,000 crowds so it's it's right up there in the uh, the upper echelons of, of people who watch Chesterfield at the same time yeah yeah it um I think Chelsea did they have our biggest gate that we've ever yeah. seen as my rights in front of didn't they in, in yeah. that F- 1950 FA Cup game mm-hmm. um so it was quite fitting that they should uh you know push at that boundary again it hasn't happened very often um it's nice when it does isn't it? <laughs> and it was great in the build-up to the game that that Lee, and particularly in the Derbyshire Times, and there were other media outlets as well that were finding people who'd been to the uh, the original game back in 1950, or the dads had been, or whatever it was, and just some great nostalgia out there as well, Stuart, wasn't there? Well, it does, and it gives people memories, doesn't it? And and you know, in 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 40 years' time or whatever, hopefully we don't have to wait that long when we play another huge club 
you know, a, a world-renowned club in a competition. Again, there'll be people in their 60s then who went in their 20s to Chelsea and will be able to say, I was there when, when Akwazi scored that goal and all of that, you know. And it seems to have forged quite a, a bit of a link, Paul, between the two sets of supporters as well. I think there's mutual respect. Yeah, I think, I mean, Chelsea have a huge fan base in uh, Nigeria, just to pick out one particular country. You know, there's, um, I think in Nigeria alone, there's 8 million Chelsea fans. I don't know how that's registered at all, but uh, it's quite phenomenal. You see the amount of support that they get. Of course, Akwazi is Santi of Dutch Ghanaian descent, I want to say. Is it Ghanaian, I think, or is it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because oh, Cabby's Congolese, is that right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So I think he's Ghanaian of descent. I'm not sure. It might be Suriname. I don't, something like that. Anyway, but um, anyway, they, they, they you know, took to him straight away scoring at Chelsea. It was a, a phenomenal uh, uh, attraction. And the, the social media hits, I understand, went through the roof uh, for that particular moment. And um, yeah, and everybody's coming on saying they're the Chesterfield are the second team and, and whatnot, so, which is quite nice. Yes. And, uh, um, you yeah, know, to, to be part of it and and there daryl was was it was a special day regardless of result wasn't it oh it, yeah it, it um it will go down in the annals as one of one of the good days um i mean it was a foul day weather-wise uh, traveling down was i didn't envy the coach driver who on the particular coach we were on we, we traveled down with the club uh his demister wasn't working so as you can imagine Going down the M1 without a demister and having to get the uh, the poor um, steward woman at the front of the bus to keep wiping his windscreen for him, uh, <laughs> with the rain pouring down, um, it was a, we were glad to get that. To be honest, I just, it's reassuring to hear after all these years and with all that money, the club is still using baggies, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, um, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I was I was lucky to be able to get a, a spot in Chelsea's secret underground car park, which is so secret nobody would tell you where the entrance was. <laughs> uh, we found it in the end and uh, stopped at the barrier and, uh, and a burly gentleman said, will you switch your engine off, please? And I think, oh, what's going on here? They're going to be checking all the lists and all this sort of stuff. And it was to allow a sniffer dog to uh, to, to do its sniffing around my, oh. uh, my vehicle. Oh. Uh, my, my daughter Emma was driving on the way down, and the secret under car, underground car park was about a centimetre wider than a car spiral. <laughs> oh, and so it was, oh dear. And then you know, the, the, the uh, media manager, Nick Johnson, uh, was white. We, he arrived a, a few minutes after us, and he was looking as white as a sheet because he'd got a new car that he'd, he'd hardly got used to driving, and he had to drive it through this thing an inch wider than it. Um, I think we all managed to get out without scroking the wall. But uh, yeah, just silly little things like that that you you tend to remember, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. as well as the match, of course. So great day had by all, and we we followed that up with a, a terrific second half performance at Barnet in that four-one win. Uh, pretty ordinary first half, but Paul, that second half was purring football, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Um, you know, just um, sorry. Did you say Barnet? Barnet, yeah. Barnet, yes. Sorry, I lost track. Yes, it was um, that second half was just brilliant. Really put them to the sword. Um, um, it was, yeah, just fantastic stuff. You know, you finally had a, a, a quasi Asante and Shamanga playing. I think was that the first time they played up front together. No, they. No, they, they don't want Halifax, didn't they? Yeah. Um, 
and we got 60 minutes out of him and it was it was pretty good um just uh, Shimanga there just really getting onto a couple of through balls I think there was one which was switched to the right hand side and it was quite a devastating move and then Shimanga was through and Asante being a sort of poacher inside the six yard box for his goal mm-hmm. and then Shimanga again you know for the other one and then the brilliant free kick from uh, Jeff Jeff King as well yeah and he followed that up in uh, the Maidenhead game which sadly was was lost two days later three two. And that was a, a, a point, uh, you know, you're not going to say the wheels came off, uh, Daz, but they were, the nuts were a bit loose. Ooh. Well, it, it wasn't easy listening to you, Phil. I have to say that now. Um, I feared the worst anyway, because our record against them is dreadful. Yeah. And, and they do, in fairness to them, they do play home advantage very well, particularly against the big sides. I mean, this year they've, They've not only taken our scout, but Halifax and Wrexham as well down there. So I feared for us. Um, maybe we again went in with the wrong attitude. I don't think the weather was its best, was it? Was it blowing a bit and a bit wet? And else. So all in all, it, it had the recipe of a of an uneasy night. But to be two down in whatever it was, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but then to obviously get the the goal back just oh, before half time oh, strike and uh and then when we equalized you thought well the momentum's with us i think you said it in commentary phil there's only one team going to win this mm. and yeah. then to switch off as we did uh from a set piece uh yeah terrible terrible really uh inexcusable but we you know we did a very similar thing at woking didn't we uh, absolutely yeah after that Wonder goal from Saidu Khan, and with those two free kicks from from Jeff King, and I'm sure we'll talk about Curtis Weston in a minute. Tell you what, they're not going. To, Nick, Nick and Ken aren't going to be struggling for goal of the season contenders this year, Stuart, are they? No, certainly not. No, they were both um, very well taken free kicks. Did the Barnet one have a bit of a deflection on it or something? Yeah, it might have done. Yeah, mm, but, but, yeah. It, but uh, it, I mean, you've still got to run up and hit it, haven't you? You know. Yeah. Um, and uh, the maiden had one just coming as it did right on the stroke of half time. Yeah, that was a beauty. As, as you say, you went into half time thinking, "Well, we're back in this now," you know. Yeah, and then um, then Cabby equalised fifty five or something like that. Mm, so there was a time left, and yeah. uh, the team had got the momentum, but for whatever reason, wasn't able to uh, to hold on to it. And then, of course, the following match was the older mm. shot one, where all of a sudden, quickly uh, coming in and the style. Of play, I mean, it hadn't been great at Maidenhead, but sometimes these things happen. But mm-hmm. what's not been happening in the time under James Rowe was you didn't normally get two bad ones together. No, but no. Old shot should have won, had the chances to have won, and if we'd have taken one of them, we'd have all been thinking, oh yeah, that'll do three points. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the worry uh, there, uh, Daz, was the the style to, of, of the nil nil. You know, no, nobody minds a nil nil. We, we drew with Old shot nil nil early on in James Rowe's reign. Yes, played really well, didn't we? And the, yeah, yeah. Keeper on loan from Middlesbrough or whatever it was, that played an absolute blinder, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but they, this wasn't a blinder of a performance, was it? No, and, and I have to say, um, I, I couldn't see the value of bringing in Scott Quigley. In fact, I couldn't see the value of bringing in. This is not Scott the Stockport, to be fair. Uh, sorry, Joe Quigley. Joe Quigley. There's too many Quigleys. I never thought I'd be saying there's too many Quigleys, but there are. Um, you spoke too quickly. Yeah, spoke too quickly. 
Um, so, no, Joe quickly, God bless him. Um, I just didn't see the need with what we got and the Santi coming back to fitness and Denton, albeit just starting to come back to fitness, did we really need another target man? I couldn't see. I, I think that what we needed more than anything else was a Jack Clark type replacement uh, mm. preference to it. So I was surprised we went down that route. Um, I have to say in the couple of performances I've seen from him, I don't really see what, what he adds, but, you know, it's early days for the lad. And obviously there's been other things going on in the last week or two. Well, well, to, to, to be honest, Stuart, what, what you just sort of said about Denton, I, I wasn't that surprised because it gave us an option B. But when the team sheet did come out and showed Tom Denton on the bench, yeah. I was gobsmacked because I thought, all right, he, he's, he's fit enough to be involved in the, the match day squad. So yeah. Yeah, it was still another six weeks away from being hmm. fully match fit. Uh, um, you know, that, the Quigley thing wouldn't have surprised me a, a great deal. But, but you know, with Denton being on the bench and coming off the bench that day, that, that was a, a, a real surprise uh, for me. But, but the chances were there to have scored a winning goal, Stuart. It, it, there were enough chances created. Well, there were, there were, yeah. It, it just never really looked like coming, though, did that? I, I, I think there was. Uh, I mean, for the first time in a long time, was there a problem with self-belief mm. among the team, perhaps? Um, I mean, it had that 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 sort of air of a game where we could have gone on for, still be playing it now, and and it'd still be nil-nil. You know, I mean, it, it, they looked as though they they would be absolutely delighted with nil nil didn't they all you know right from the word go to me um and and well it was just yeah we had a lot of games like that didn't we when dear old john duncan was a manager you know um but but just just the thing is with with recruiting someone like scott quick fine do it um and 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 we'll play but you've got to change a load of other players as well to, to be able to play yeah. the sort of game, you know, we've gone out and, and recruited hundreds of players in the last <laughs> calendar year um, who are all, you know, comfortable with the, f- the ball on the floor in front of them, looking forwards and playing forwards, haven't they? You know, we haven't necessarily got, you know, we got rid of Bowden, didn't we? So we haven't necessarily got someone in our team who can convincingly play off of a target man, you know? Um, uh, the other thing, it, when, when the team sheet first came out, we all in the press area just thought it was going to be four three three, a genuine four three three. But then when Asante was playing in the number ten role, oh, ball that that yeah. seemed to add a few more. You know, early on in the match, not not when you're seventy five minutes in and not scored. Early mm. on, it was oh right, okay, didn't see that coming. Yeah, there was no. Um, yeah, it, it was a bit of a surprise. I, I just thought generally we were just playing three up front, and they wrote down on me. On the sheet, but no, there was three at the back, and then Santi in that sort of floating role. And I know he comes deep to collect the ball anyway, but you know, for then he attacks with it, didn't he? I mean, sorry, um, sorry to jump in, but but the last the um Dagenham home game, he was picking the ball up deep, but he was running at their defence with it, which he wasn't doing against all the shots. I mean, credit to him for having a go in that position (laughs) against all the shot, but. No, not clever to put him there. Uh, no. And of course, you've got to sometimes you've got to give the opposition the credit. They've been averaging two points a game for the last fourteen and fifteen oh, games. Indeed, yeah. 
So they were a bit of a form team, but they clearly were delighted with the nil-nil draw at the end of the game. Mm. You could absolutely see uh, see that, and and yeah, they'd be thinking at that stage. Well, you know, if we have another 14 matches like we've had the last 14 matches, we'll be in the playoffs. Well, yeah, and uh, and it was a terrific point for them to have. But all of a sudden, that change of style got one or two Chesterfield fans, now one or two thousand Chesterfield fans, thinking, "What was that all about?" And it mm. what it, it didn't feel as though Daryl, it was all about the pitch. No, um, it didn't to me. I, I, I thought the, I have to say, I thought the, the mumbo-jumbo with the pitch was just beyond belief. Um, you know, I think I made the comment somewhere to say you can't play football on that because of the state of the pitch is just ridiculous in the extreme. Mm. I mean, you never well, stopped Derby County on the baseball ground in the 70s, no. did it? And that was like a heap, you know. It, and um, it, didn't, it didn't stop ourselves and Dagenham trying to play football on it on Saturday. Absolutely right, Stu. Absolutely. So, to me, it was a huge red herring and a bit of a flag, a, a red flag to me, because I don't think we've played well for months apart from that second half at Barnet. I really don't. And I know we had the long spell in the late autumn, early winter, where we were struggling to put 11 on the pitch. Yes. But we were digging out results. We were we were getting by. We you know, we weren't playing like we were. I mean, well, Daryl, Daryl, and back up your point there. Yeah. Saturday's victory was our first home victory. Um, sorry, our second home victory since the middle of November. Yeah. We've yeah. comfortably beat Weymouth four nil. Yeah. So we'd only beaten Kingsland one nil at home. Yeah. Yeah, and that digging results out that you're saying, yeah, the Grimsby one nil was a great example of. Uh, yeah. We we, play, we played marginally better than Grimsby. And if it had been a, a, a points thing, we'd have probably just got the uh, the nod. And it, it, it was persistence at the end. Great goal. Uh, a goal that looked a lot better on the replay than it did live. It looked good live. It looked terrific on the replay. Uh, yeah. um, and what, what have we got to say on the commentary on that one? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... Um, you know, the 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 Solihull Moors had been a really good away performance, and and away performances are so different, aren't they? If you dig out an away win, that is absolutely perfectly acceptable uh, mm. beyond doubt. And like you say, the 13th of November, that four nil game against Weymouth uh, was probably the last time that for 90 minutes we uh, we, we put on a 90 minute show. Mm. Uh, yeah. it, I think it, it, Saturday we'd we'd drawn the most and joint lost. The least coming into the game. Yes, yes. So you know that was at home. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've drawn. We've drawn too many at home. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know we've won seven, but we've only drawn, say only drawn five. But that's oh. already that's already at the moment cost us top spot, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's a bizarre year with so many teams in in with a shout, isn't it this year? But then anyway, after the older shot game, the bombshell on Monday about James Rowe being. Uh, Suspended, real bolt out of the uh, the, the blue dance. Yeah, I think it, it took everybody by surprise. Uh, I know it certainly, you know, the circumstances took people at the club by surprise, and I'm sure you'll back that up, Phil. You know, it, it's not something you expect, is it, to have to do with a manager that come in, turn the club upside down uh, in a very positive way certainly on the pitch, uh, taking you from where he took us. With the backing of the trust, I hasten to add, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and the support from the board, uh, got the supporters 
energized again and on board uh, and all the good things that have come with that uh, and then to hear that news you knew it was something serious um you you don't just suspend someone for for no good reason and then of course social media gets to work and um, and the press and whatever else and the whole thing was just mad for a, for a week and a half wasn't it absolutely <laughs> And, and, and let, let's just look at what he achieved because you touched on it there, taking us from a, a going nowhere quickly uh, club up to a, into the playoffs, which was phenomenal last season, then top of the league this season. 50, 57% win rate in, in points. Yeah. There's only one manager in history, Harry Parks, with more than 50, and that's only 51% in the 1920s when it was a similar league to what we're in now, the Division Three North, where only one team went up. So Chesterfield, Stuart, were always in the top five or six or whatever, weren't they winning quite? Yeah. And in those days, mm. you used to win quite a lot at home and lose quite a lot away. So, you know, the, the, the win percentage was, was different. There seemed to be less drawn games at that, uh, at that point. And to put it into some perspective, Nicky Law and Paul Cook, recent managers with, with great pedigrees, both 45% win rate. So he's turned the record books upside down. He had that streak of realising that you've got to throw a grenade into the squad and do something about it. 30 players in in 14, 15 months, 28 players out. So that includes loans in, loans out, but that, that's the minimum. Mm. 30 in, 28 out. And yes, we can look at the ones that didn't work, the Yusufs and the Dinangas and the Mitchells of this 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 world, but we can look at also the Grant Smiths and the Tom Whelans that were fans' favourites that were, 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 were moved on as well. And we can look at the success that Evans and Bowden are having at Bourne Wood just at the moment as well and say, were there some tricks missed there? But, you know, we'll look back in history, forget the suspension elements, Stuart, we'll look back in history at this being a real purple patch period for Chesterfield Football Club. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that makes the disappointment of the circumstances under which it's come to an end even more painful for the supporters of Chesterfield Football Club, I'm sure. You know, it's impossible to look at our league position and who helped us to get there and not feel intensely disappointed about Mm. the way that it's ended. And I suppose disappointed in the person who has caused it to end. Yeah. You know, the the style of football would would have all taken that win rate with a Mm. one nil door, you know, scoring the first minute and defend for 89 minutes. We'd all, we'd have all taken that in the circumstances that we're in, but to do most of those 57% wins were done in, in Mm. some degree of style. Uh, it, it, it not only changed the results, it changed and, and was the, probably the biggest reason for crowds being all, I think every crowd bar one this season has been above 5,000 at home, you know, and, and the, the style of football is one of the things that made that happen. Oh, definitely. You know, getting back to, to winning games brings fans. But I know that, 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 you know, it's winning games with style that uh, sort of increases the, that, that pushes you maybe from 5,000 to 6,000, you know. Um, but even the, the positive results, the fact is we're coming into uh, the middle of February and still unbeaten at home this season is, is quite remarkable as well, isn't it? You know, and it's such a, a tough division. Um, against sides coming up who are going to really test us, um, then I think it's uh, you know very much a positive. And look, all I can say is that um, from if you from a fan's point of view, they've every right to be really really angry with James Rowe. To be fair, 
Mm. Yes, yes, uh, and you know the the, the mutual uh, departure when it was eventually announced last last Friday will mean that you know very little, if anything, will ever be put into the the the, the public domain uh, from 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 the reasons which you know, I, I've got no problem with, but I know Daryl there'll be lots of uh, supporters want, wanting their their questions answered. They'll want to know, well, what what was it? Well. I'm afraid they're not going to find out, are they? Not not from any official channel. No, and and and, and the club. I have to say, we, we we this phrase of trust the trust has been banded about since a year last July, and I think the way that they've handled this whole situation in the last two and a bit weeks has been impeccable. It's yep. been absolutely impeccable, mm. and. Yes. It, just, it just shows, in stark contrast to the previous regime, oh, how to conduct yourselves in a professional manner. Yeah, I, just, just just imagine that that meet, that board meeting when they're getting together and saying, "Look, we need to do something about the man that's completely changed our team on the park." Yeah. How difficult, Stuart, would that be? Hmm. It's, it, it, it's 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 a hiding. They're on a hiding to nothing. Mike and John and and. Uh, um, the team they are they are i mean you know it 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 it's like liverpool and liverpool eventually got rid of shankly didn't they when he retired but but it's like liverpool getting rid of shankly after he's just won the cup in 65 or something isn't it yeah. you know it's like arsenal getting rid of bertie me in 1971 yeah. or something like that you just it's just unthinkable that it would have happened you know so the fact that it did happen mean that it couldn't have been for the most trivial of reasons no, no uh, absolutely. And uh, uh, go on. Yeah, just just it's 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 because of that that scenario as well. And I, you know, I fully trust the board to do what they had to do. It's um, they're in a sort of no-win situation. They had to sort of suspend and then uh, come to an agreement, didn't they? But it's because of that scenario. Just for the now and on the back of what happened before the trust took over. Just were looking for their ninth permanent boss in a little over six and a half years. Wow. And they've not had a manager complete a full season since Paul Cook in 2014-15. That in itself is shocking. It's absolutely mm. shocking, that. Yeah. Uh, we're still not up to Watford levels yet, Paul. Then, you know. <laughs> well, they've had two. They've had two complete two oh, full they- seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then they've had That's like happened. two managers a month in all of the other ones. Absolutely. They? Yeah. <laughs> You know, they've had at least one, you know, at least one not have to clear his desk after one year. (laughs) That is the most damning sort of statistic, isn't it? When you look at it like that. But um, it's not all entirely the fault of the trust, is it? Really? Absolutely not. No, no, no. They've just got the end of it. They've just got the (laughs) end of it. Of course, you know, the act of suspicion is a neutral one to give people space to investigate, you know, yes. we're straight away thinking, oh, what's that? But, but you know, it's it's an absolutely sensible thing to do that happens in all other walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it happens less frequently in football than it ought to do. Yes. It does happen. And uh, obviously investigations went through and none of us know what will have, uh, what will have been discussed, but it ended up in a mutual uh, uh, agreement announced last, last, last Friday. And um, you know, whilst you know, I've genuinely no idea um, whether there was a non-disclosure agreement for both parties, but I'd be surprised if there wasn't at that point. Mm. That, that, that anything like that would normally have 
some sort yeah. of NDA associated with. So let's let's go into the the, the last couple of games uh, and the the Danny Webb scenario because you know he picked up the reins at Eastleigh, a televised match. He'd seen all the rivals win on Tuesday when we hadn't played. He'd seen all the rivals win at three o'clock before our five twenty kickoff. He'd lost his grandfather in the uh, mm-hmm. in, in the meantime. Um, what what a job he's done! It might not have been great football at Eastleigh, but he got the win. And then it was a move in the right direction against Dagenham seven oh. days later. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, oh. definitely. I think there's a lot of fans sort of criticising the, the 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 sort of overall as if that's how it's going to be under Danny Webb, which sort of they didn't see the bigger picture there. It was. Mm game that was always going to get into that sort of mould because easily that type of side you know yeah. they sat their manager they did not want to lose that game you know I think they'd lost at home in front of their biggest crowd for how many years Phil was it quite a long time yeah it? it's, it's one of the top 10 biggest crowds ever ever so they, I mean they didn't want to lose that game it was always going to be a nullified sort of you know and, and granted Chesswell didn't play great and you know Danny Danny Webb's comments after the game that he would have settled for nil. Well, of course you would have done if you you know you well, if hadn't have secured that uh, that that fine strike at the end. You take mm-hmm. a point away from home. That goes without saying at the start of the season. Doesn't but, matter the scenario. It wasn't great for both teams, was it, Stuart? No. And Danny Webb didn't say he would have settled for a point. What he did say is that he would have settled for a point with five minutes to go when all their big men are packing into our, our box and people are throwing crosses in. Yeah. yeah, which of course we all would. I'm sure we all would. You know. Yeah. Um. No, the the criticisms of the club's performance, the team's performance in that game, don't take into account the circumstances under which the game was played. You know, we had a manager that was suspended and somebody that had come in, you know, been asked to step up in his place. Um. The players are all sat in the dressing room, not knowing what the hell's going on. Um. And 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 it's not the ideal preparation. And I think to come away from that with a nil whether we got a one or a nil ourselves is, is a tremendously good result, really, you know? But um, it wasn't and, a bad goal from Curtis Weston, Daz. Nah. <laughs> oh, no, he'll, uh, he'll look back on that one in years to come and remember it very fondly, I would imagine. The, yeah. the, the beauty of the strike for me was he didn't try and overhit it. Mm. It, it. Yes, it landed perfectly to him. Yes, he got his body in a fantastic position. But it's so easy to thrash at those, trying to get too much pace on them. The ball rise on you and end up in row Z. But he, he he just cushioned it onto the instep, didn't he? And met it beautifully. It was such a great strike. Uh, the biggest worry for me watching on TV was uh, whether or not they were going to say Fraser Kerr was interfering with a goal Oh, kick. my goodness, yeah. Um, which I'm sure he was, but the kick was... In a month of Sundays, but you know, if it had been VAR, I tell you what, it'd been, it had been disallowed. For certain, it'd been disallowed. But but you know the, the the thing you've got to get the technique right, as you just perfectly described there, better than I could do. But when when you compare it to the Derek Niven Man City volley, which uh, I, I saw Derek at the uh, Senior Sparrows event last week, and they were not surprisingly showing that goal <laughs> on. <board. laughs> Plus the last one at Saltergate against Bournemouth. And uh, whilst you know the, the two strikes were very, very similar, um, the one that Niven took, the, the, the box was nowhere near as crowded as the one that, that Weston's got. It was a really crowded box. And to, 
yeah, he wouldn't have been thinking I'm going to hit this so it doesn't take a, a flick off anybody. But to not hit anybody through the amount yeah. of people that were in the box was a miracle in its own right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. A, a, a I think Weston scored a, a similar uh, similar volley against Yeovil, didn't he? Which he I think he, he mentioned post game that that was more of his favourite apparently than the one you know the winner that he got against his because he was in a losing cause against Yeovil. But he said that was his. Uh, that was his more favourite. So, yeah, but yeah, when yeah, he does yeah, score, yeah. it's spectacular. It's his first goal for, for two years, nearly, wasn't it? So, and his next appearance is 150th. You did all the maths on uh, ahead of the, the game against Dagenham and Paul, and he uh, it wasn't his 150th because he didn't play. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, he was tomorrow uh, yeah. for the club. So, you know, into that Dagenham and Redbridge match, Danny Webb had said in the build-up, Stuart, that he wanted to get back to playing football, and whilst you know, it was far from uh, far from perfect. It, it was a, a big step in the right direction, wasn't it? Oh, it absolutely was. You know, as, as we said earlier, you got the quasi Asante back to something like his sort of prowling best that with the, that we saw the last season. You know, with him picking up the ball just outside the area and attacking attacking the teams. Um, you, 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 we just played to everyone's strengths, didn't we, I think? And that was the thing. And Liam Mandeville, you know, you 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 watch him and you suddenly think, well, this is why people have been talking about him as being a talented player for all those years, you know? Um, people at Doncaster, when he came in, were saying that, you know, he was the most talented individual they've got. Um, and he And he applied himself for the entire game, you know, um, kept on going. Um, Jeff King, of course, was was on top of his form again, you know. Um, and 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 the manager just got really good performances out of all the players. I thought. Well, poor, poor old Bron, who does the social media at Chesterfield, was absolutely uh, beside himself trying to decide what four people he could put on the man of the match poll. Yeah. Because yeah. I think he four people on on the on on the polls and. I think between us, we had about nine different names that could have gone on the list, Paul, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we done heaps, couldn't we? Quite a few, uh, quite a few selections. Yeah, and and that's to me the epitome of a of a great team performance when you mm. you know you've not got that outstanding hat trick score or anything along those lines. You know, Cabby got to got the two goals, but mm. I, I I thought Asante was the best of the two strikers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And got stronger as the game went on. He was not going to give the ball away. Yeah, we, no. we scored the second goal with 28 minutes to go and never, ever, ever looked like conceding again. And mm. Dagenham were a good side. They, they were a good side, terrific on the break, but we just killed them off after that, that second goal and didn't, didn't give any chances away you know, at mm. all. And that, and that, to me, was every bit as good as some of the attacking play that we, uh, 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 that we saw. And, you know... Jeff King has now earned, if that's the right phrase to use, four penalties this season, which is more penalties than we got the entire season <laughs> last year. Uh, and he's earned four, and there's been plenty mm. of others as well. And that's a valid part of the game. When you attack and run into the box, like we were doing earlier in the season, you get penalties. Yeah. We've not had many penalties just lately because we weren't attacking and running into the box. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. What is yeah. the problem? Yeah, I wonder why we never got many penalties under Coldwell. Well, there's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be in the box. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically, in the half. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, going back, and I've said it on a past podcast years ago, but when we won one nil at, at Swindon under Gary Caldwell and uh, 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 the lad who'd come from Chelsea, what was his name? Brown. Uh, uh, Mitchell. 
Mitchell, and Rummage. Mitchell, yeah. yeah. Scored in the last minute with our only shot. And it meant that in the, the four four consecutive games, we'd average 1.5 shots per game. And uh, and I, I said to Gary afterwards in the interview, and I sort of said, well, you know, you're not going to win many football matches when you're only having one and a half shots a game. And he just said to me, he looked at me in the eye. And I got an ever so well with Gary Colwell, to be honest. He just looked at me and I said, well, it worked today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Couldn't argue with that. But, you know, the fact <laughs> I that, know, but... But, but you, you, you don't get penalties if you don't get into the box. Mm. And you don't really get penalties unless you're running into the box, realistically. Yeah. And we, we've been doing that a, a heck of a lot more this season uh, than, than in, in any recent... Uh, recent season so anyway Spe- speaking got- of call oh, sorry phil before you drop in there he's assistant manager at hibernia at the moment with uh yes. phil maloney as boss Yes, no, no, I, uh, I'd seen that he got that gig uh, a while ago. So anyway, we've got a little bit of a thing about are we going to get a new manager? Who's going to be the new manager? Match at Stockport County, top uh, versus setting. And we'll talk about that in a few moments. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Stockport. Top versus second, ten games on the bounce in all competitions. I think eight in the National League, couple in the uh, the Cup. Stockport under Dave Challen, they're averaging two and a half points a game. They've only conceded two goals in that ten game run. They've averaged three goals scoring a game in that uh, that time. Uh, Daz, they are one heck of a fierce opponent. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we all felt last year and certainly again at the start of this season, the squad the December was as good, if not better, than anybody else's. Um, Simon Rusk had, had not uh, gone going really last year. They fell at the first hurdle, didn't they, in the playoffs, losing to Hartlepool at home, I think, which was a bit of a shock. That obviously stuck in the minds of the Stockport owners when things didn't get off to a very good start this time. The one thing with Challenger is... He knows the division very well from his time at, at Pyle and so forth. Um, and looking at the way we, when we went to Hartlepool last year, um, they'll play a very similar style. All the Stockport mm. boards that I've read in forums or whatever all saying they're playing this very high press, high intensity football. He's got them super fit and everything else. So it'll be a humdinger tomorrow. It'll be hard haps and we're going to have to match them physically. Uh, for 90 minutes, if we're going to get anything out of it, I'll take a point now. If you ask me, <laughs> be quite mm. the point. Oh, I, I absolutely take a point now. We've got a game in hand on them. We've got to play them twice. If we draw home and draw away with them, we've still got a game in hand with them. Uh, yeah. And only a point behind. So yeah, I, I, I think there's very few. Yeah, you know, the only circumstances you'd be unhappy is if you're three 0 up and get a draw. Yes. The <laughs> <laughs> Morecambe thing. But mm. uh, um, you know, there's you know some cracking cracking players in the uh, in the Stockport squad. You know, people are talking Sarsovic up, but over the years, Paul, um, you know, in his, his Fleetwood days, he never really turned it on against us, did he? Uh, he was one of these players that everybody raved about, but I, I, I'm yet to see him at his best. I hope I don't see him at his best uh, at Stockport. Yeah, that's true. Um, he got sent off at the technique. He, as well, didn't he, uh, he did, it? didn't he? Yeah, we scored and he got booked arguing about the goal. And then he yeah. carried on arguing and he was sent off before they kicked off. 
if I yeah. remember right. They got two yellow cards, one after the other, while the ball yeah. was dead. Yeah, I, I, mm. I, that was one of our few seasons when we had a manager <laughs> complete season, I think. Whereas, you know, I, I've always really rated Ryan Crowsdale from his file, file days, who's in there. Mm. For, for uh, you know, he's always to me been a terrific uh, player. Show always seems to have shown more than I've seen from Sarsovic, even though Sarsovic is the the more vaunted. He was Ian Everett's captain at Bolton, wasn't he? Before he uh, yeah he, he, he dropped down. One of my favourite players in the National League since so coming back, Ben Wakefield's at Stockport, but I think he must be out injured. He's not played for uh, for a couple of months. The the left sider was at Torquay. I I uh, I think he's terrific. But by all accounts, Macaulay Southam on on one flank is is a real flyer. And uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of the, the other um, Ryan Rydell, Rydell. the other the other uh, uh, guy who I think is top of the assist charts, isn't he? Uh, this he, he, he just they, they clearly both get balls in early uh, crosses in early. So I think the job of the wing backs, whoever they are, let's assume King and, and Whittle, number one will be stopping stopping those two getting crosses in because they they're clearly. Uh, um, find find Madden and, and Quigley uh, in, in in the box. Uh, Madden in the National League has scored 11 goals this season. Ollie Crankshaw from midfield mm. is their second highest scorer with eight, and Quigley has got four. Uh, and of course Rooney's gone back to Barrow, hasn't he now? So he's not in yeah. the uh, in the mix anymore. But it, so it looks as though they fly down the wings, get the ball in early, and then see what see what comes out. And that's exactly what Hartlepool yeah. did twice against us last season, yep. isn't it, Stewart? Mm. Yeah, it's exactly the, as you say. It, it, it's a tried and tested method, isn't it? Because you day it was filed and very nearly succeeded there. Took Hartley Paul up with it um, and has come to Stockport and is doing exactly the same thing again. And it's working. Surprise, surprise. You know. Well, for, for, for um, those of us of a, of a, of a certain age, uh, I'll be absolutely gutted if, uh, if somebody who's been on, I don't know if he's still on loan at uh, Stockport from Manchester United, but he was early earlier on in the season. Uh, a, a guy called Billy Fish. And uh, yeah, Billy, the goalkeeper. So I just, I, I'm not sure if he's still on. Uh, he only played a couple of appearances early on in the season, so I suspect he's not there anymore. But I would, you know, as soon as I saw that sign, Billy the Fish, it was oh, like, my. need to see him uh, him play. <laughs> and of course, in in defence, they've got uh, uh, solid solid players in in defence as well. Um, the, the stuff in Liam Hogan at from Salford. Yes. Defend, I think. Ash Palmer, he's been about mm. a bit. Yes. Uh, Palmer. Palmer's a new player, isn't he? Well, recent. Yeah, he, he just bought Mars Hippolyte, hasn't he, the winger, uh, who was sub on, uh, on on the last match. And of course, they made heavy weather against 10 men of Dover on, on the weekend, so so they get yeah. at it all. Uh, hmm. aren't they? Yes, before hmm. the shaven headed Paddy Madden scored on the 84th minute. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, well, that'd be nice. Mm. Um, just one sort of caveat to to that as well is that the Spirits at the moment have picked up nine points against sides in the top seven, so two wins, three draws, and no defeats. All right, good mm. call. Yeah. And Chesterfield's away record and Stockport's home record are almost identical. There's hardly anything to yeah. be between the two, isn't there? So uh, um, you know, it, it's it's Stockport have had a phenomenal run but they've really done away done well away from home even even when rusk was was there they were better away from home their, their home record is seven two three chesterfield's away record is eight three two you know so it's it's it's, it's pretty similar 
Well, in fact, have they got... played anybody better than Grimsby in that run? I noticed that they started the winning run at Grimsby, I think, didn't they, or against Grimsby? Yeah, they, they played. They played a couple of uh, uh, decent teams in the uh, run. They they right. started off with a four 0 win over for Grimsby. Then they uh, ha- hammered Altringham a couple of times, who were, who were difficult against us. They won away at Solihull. Uh, Moors, they won away at Dagenham and Redbridge. So, oh, right. Yeah, they, mm. they've, they've, they've played some decent sides, but they haven't played Bournemouth or Bromley or or, yeah. or, or, or whatever. Um, and of course, they're still in the FA Trophy next Saturday. On Saturday, they they play Chessant in the FA Trophy, which you'd assume they'll win that, and that'll be another day that they've got to take out. And then their next game is away at Bromley, so right. on, a, on a Tuesday night. So. Uh, um, Unless that Stockport Chestnut game is drawn and there's a replay, but I don't think it will be. Um, yeah, on that account, I think Boreham Wood are playing Wrexham uh, on Saturday. If Boreham Wood win, it would mean our game at Boreham Wood will have to be rescheduled. Oh, right. All oh, right, right. OK, good spot, Paul. And Stockport's last four games are, Stockport, are against Boreham Wood at home, Chesterfield at our place, Wrexham away and Halifax at home. They've got a real tricky run. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, there's there's points to be won and there's points to be dropped by all sorts of teams as we we, mm. we go along. Now, I, I, I'm certainly of the opinion we're we're recording this 24 hours before the Stockport game. You're hopefully listening to it before on probably on your way to Stockport or something. But uh, I'd be mightily surprised if the club announces does any managerial issue before. The Stockport game, whether there's something going off that we don't know about or something going off with with Danny Webb, I, I think it'll be a let's get the Stockport game out of the way before anything happens. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be sensible. Um, you know, it's um, it's the biggest game of the season so far. I'm not saying it's going to be the biggest game of the season, but it's the biggest game of the season so far. Um, off the back of Saturday, I think you just let Danny get on with it and the team get on with it. Um, we go, we go in it together, and we deal with whatever's happening for the rest of the season and beyond after tomorrow. Hmm. Uh, and and uh, I'll go, Stuart. Yeah. No, sorry, I'm just trying to get my cat out of the way of my, oh, right, of my okay. computer mouse before he cuts me off. I thought he was just a very lively quill. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, writing yeah, my memoirs while I'm doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, the, the, the cat might have some. That we're not privy to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Who's but, the new but, manager, Cat? But, yeah. but, <laughs> but Paul, uh, T. S. Eliot, I think, isn't it? He, he supports T. S. Eliot. <laughs> uh, but Paul, uh, um, yeah, we've all seen the warmth that Danny Webb has had, and he was really revving the crowd up at the end of the game against Dagenham Redbridge. You could see the togetherness between the on-the-field staff and the off-the-field uh, uh, staff. Um, so he's he's whether he says it or not, put himself in the frame. And of course, your Radio Sheffield colleague Rob Staten has uh, broken tonight that uh, that the club are uh, still in talks with with Paul Cook. So at this moment in time, both of those options have got plenty of palatable elements to them. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know whether like Danny Webb would be a, a reluctant manager in terms of that, but you know, he, he's certainly got the players backing. That's for that's for certain. Um, you know, a new manager coming in, I think would work sort of element that would keep Danny Webb as that uh, sort of go between that worked hmm. quite well. You know, and that's the sort of way to push some 
forward that the fans, if it was to be Paul Cook, would be absolutely delighted with that. But I think they'd also want Danny Webb part of that scenario as well. And I think, Daryl, you, you and I know the characters in the trust pretty well. If if, if we were solicitors and your, your main solicitor left and you wanted to appoint another main solicitor, you wouldn't necessarily expect them to want to bring entourages with them. And I think the trust will be one of those that any potential manager, it's a, well, these are our employees who you'll be working with. I think I think there'll be an element of that more so than football generally uh, takes any account of. Yeah, I, I think just because of the, the people involved, but also we have to understand that um, we haven't got a bottomless pit of money. And... If you're going to make some kind of long-term commitment to a management team, you've got to look at the financials and will it work? You know, um, and knowing the characters involved, they will not, under any circumstances, jeopardise the work they've done so far or the future of the club for one person or a group of people. Um, and so from that point of view, they'll be, they'll be taking this very slowly They'll be putting down ground rules for whoever comes in, I would imagine. Part of which I hope, you know, involves Danny Webb. Because I think, again, what he's had to deal with amongst all this, bearing in mind James Rowe was the guy that brought him in, has been very difficult. And I think he's handled himself impeccably. Uh, and he's certainly, looking looking at Saturday, got, got the team playing uh, out for him. So he's kept that unity together. Uh, and I think it would be a crying shame. And if I was a manager coming in, whoever I was, not knowing the squad and whatever, I'd think, God, this is heaven sent if I can get Danny Webb on board with me as well. You know, um, and we are a few bodies light. Um, mm. we, lost, we lost a chief scout, didn't we? we never replaced. Yeah, yeah. and, and George, uh, of course, has never been uh, replaced yeah. in, in a numerical sense. No, indeed. And, um, you know, you know, we can name names. Go if, if it is if it is Cookie and and others, you would have to say you're bringing in a manager and, a, and an assistant manager. But first team coach remains Danny Weber. I don't think there's any issue with that. No, mm. and and Stuart, if if Paul Cook is in in there, is at this moment in time, is he a good fit? He, he's he's played in the National League with Accrington, and yeah. uh, uh, he's he's managed out, albeit briefly, with. With Southport, but the league has changed so much in the last five or six yes, yes. years. Is 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 remote from mm. it. But you're coming into a you know, whoever comes in, if if indeed anybody does, you come into a team who've proved that they can play at this level and play pretty well. So so for the rest of the season, it's a man management job rather yes. than anything else, isn't it? It is, yes. Um, and I think he'd be quite good at that. Oh. Yeah. Um, as you say, his. His local knowledge of the league might be distant and you know Martin Allen's was more recent and he looked well out of touch didn't he really after the first three games um, so that's another reason to keep someone like Webb um, you know he's he, he he's a conduit to the players he he can tell you all about them their strengths and weaknesses you know so that you can save yourselves two weeks on the coat on the training ground working it all out for yourself you know um, but I, yeah, I think you know just just that sort of. I mean, I, th I think Paul Cook probably had um, an inspirational kind of quality to to his to his management for for some of the players, you know. Um, and I think there are players who will respond well to that. And I, I, you know, I just think he'd be a 
would he be a good fit? Um, mm, it's an interesting one. I, I think he would have to sort of mould himself slightly to fit in. But you know, I, I, I think he'd he'd find this a place of comfort to come and work again. Mm. Um, you know, given the recent troubles that he's had um, at Ipswich. I think it would be a good place for him to come and just sort of rediscover a certain sort of enjoyment, the love of it, you know, um, which isn't to say that it wouldn't be tremendously highly pressured here. Um, of course, it would be, you know, with, with what we want to achieve and where we want to go. But um, I think he could come in and make a difference, certainly. Well, not um, that it counts for anything at all, but in the summer... Uh, after he moved to Portsmouth, I was on uh, um, a tourist boat on Loch Ness. What you do? Uh, and he found for a chat, and uh, um, he he said at that point, I know this is in 2015, so it's a while ago. He said at that point, he said, "I know I'll be back. I've got unfinished business." Uh, so I've always had that in my oh, head. Wow. 20 and always known he's wanted to uh, to come back. And I didn't hear the interview, was it on Talksport or the chat on Talksport when he was doing yeah. some commentary, uh, where he sort of said, you know, the only something along the lines of I'm, I'm quoting this from somebody else's uh, note that you know the the, the uh, only club he'd come back to at this level would be would be Chesterfield, or they go to at this level with Chesterfield, something along those lines. Yeah. And mm-hmm. very, if if Chesterfield were interested, so uh, I, 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 I'm sure. Is in the frame. I'm sure conversations have happened, but I'm not sure whether everything can come back because it wouldn't have been on on fifteen pound an hour at Ipswich, would it? No, no, no. Do we have to do anything with Ipswich's compo if we're pointing? Don't, don't, don't know. All you know, everything's always individual. Of course, footballers' contracts are governed by the FA, and uh, hmm. they're all it's a photocopied contract, isn't it? They're all exactly the same. Is, you only fill in the money in the signature, whereas a manager's contract can be anything. It's just another yeah. employee. You, you can write in what you like about mm. a manager's contract. And the only thing it doesn't lend itself to being is a football creditor. You know, players become football creditors if there's a financial issue at the end, but managers don't. But of course, they become legal contracts that you can mm. argue that, that, that toss about. And uh, uh, yeah, my, my desire would be a situation that has Danny Webb doing what he wants to do. Yeah. I, I, I'd like that. I'd love Cook to come in. I'd absolutely love Paul Cook to come in. Uh, it, it, it's thrown me a bit of a wobbler because a few weeks ago I uh, I chatted to him who was going to do commentary with me on 1866 Sports at Stockport, but I don't ring him up now. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> that, 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 that would uh, that would get yeah. bagging, wouldn't it? You know, because all, all, all of this... I saw him at Eastley Lark. Uh, well, I wasn't specifically looking, but I didn't see him. I should take a spare set of headphones with you, Phil, just in case. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just in case you look to your left or your right and three seats over and one row down. You know. Know. <laughs> well, say, well, if, if, if Paddy Madden's had his head shaved, I might mistake him for Cookie when, he, when he's... Sort of... <laughs> there you go. No, I, I, I'd love to see him back. And I think, yeah, realistically... If anything does happen, I suspect suspect it'll be to the end of the season job, and then see what see what which, happens. Rather which I it. think would be that would be absolutely the right thing to do. I think yep. is you know get get oh, wherever oh, we can get at the end of the season, and then we'll all sit down and have another chat. 
yeah. And, and credit, Paul, to, to Pete Wilde, who straight away said, uh, I gave a verbal assurance that if, if we kept our better players in the January window, I'll, I'll stay here at, at, until the end of the season. So it's nice to know that people like Pete Wilde uh, uh, um, hmm. stay true to what they've said, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, he, he, he did. He came out uh, when the speculation grew, didn't it, on on Friday night? And that's not to say he hasn't had talks as well. Um, but um, you know, at this moment in time, to leave a club who are chasing that same promotion in the middle of the season is a very difficult ask for the managers to do, isn't it? So I can understand why he stayed. But I can also understand why he's had a chat with Chesterfield as well. Um, and also, I understand, yeah. So, I think it's right. That's fine. Let's move on. Pete Wilde will probably be Chesterfield manager in the future. Just not right now. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it'll have been a big thing for him, I'm sure. Speculation does. Because I would think that the hybrid full-time, part-time model of Halifax and their crowds mean that financially it'd be a lot better off at Chesterfield. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that, Phil. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about it. But, you know, anyone showing loyalty in, in these days, and particularly in football, is a, a rare commodity. And it's uh, I was I was winding up one or two Halifax fans at the weekend saying, well, just because he said that, we'll see you on Monday, Pete. You know, just to yeah. just have a little dig. Mm. Uh, but, no, you, you've got to admire him if that's what he said. And, and you know, you're coming in in a no-win situation almost because uh, if you don't go up, it's your fault. Yeah. If you do go up, it's James Rose's team. Yes. Mm. It's quite yeah. a difficult gig. Yes. And, of course, you know, a few years ago, this is exactly what happened to Burton Albion, isn't it, when uh, when Clough left and, and oh, Rod Albion is the same safe pair of hands and almost, <laughs> almost dropped the ball. But yeah, absolutely. They they had a dreadful run, didn't they? And every week it went on, and you, it it became that kind of almost kind of car crash thing that you had to watch. You had to pay attention to what Burton Albion were doing because they were getting worse and worse and worse as they got closer to the end of the season, and they just squeaked over the line, didn't they? Yeah. No, but Wild, you know that that sort of loyalty is great because if it you know if he is. I mean, people have said, oh, he's obviously got no ambition, doesn't know what he's doing, He's done, you know, if he's not going to come here. But if he ever does come here, we might be the beneficiaries one day of that sort of loyalty. So let's yeah. admire it when, you know, when we see it. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. But not bursting to the office demanding a new contract. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I understand that, that Colchester are interested in signing me, so I better have another £10 a week. Yeah, and all it's going that. out. Definitely going out that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I can't possibly uh, think what you might be talking about there. Mm. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, it, it, it is. It is a dream scenario though for a lot of managers, Daryl, isn't it? You know, how often mid-season does a manager take over success rather than failure? Oh, yeah, it's very rare, isn't it? I mean, you normally go into a club and it, it, it's because of a car crash. Everything's against you. Morale's at rock bottom. You've got a team that's not very good. Uh, and you're trying to stave off usually a failing season, whether that be relegation or missing out on promotion or whatever. So it is a rare commodity. I just think that's why it fits with cooking, because, mm. as you said earlier, he has, he has the nous. 
He has the contacts. He has the now. He knows how to handle pressure. And make no mistake, this last 20 games is going to be as intense in any season for the teams up in that top five or six as there's ever been um, to get out of this league. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So to have somebody with his who's battle hardened, if you like. Knows all the tricks of the trade. Knows all the psychology. Um, good old Danny Webb job that he's doing. I, I would just fear for the lad a little bit in this pressure cooker that's going to come. And that's why I think ideal scenario is Cookie and and, and probably Gary Roberts by the sounds of it, and Danny Webb alongside him. I think you take that to the end of the season. And let's face it, if you fall short, it's a whole new ball game. You've not committed to anyone. You look at it all afresh. If we have gone up, then you've conversations to have. Yeah. Maybe that, you know, if, if Cookie's successful in taking us up, he wants to push us on again. Yeah. On the other hand. Not only uh, can you have that conversation if you do go up, you have that conversation knowing that there's a, an additional seven figure of uh, seven figures worth of income coming from the football league. I know yeah. you don't want to spend all of that on, mm. on, on one person, but you, yeah. you've got a financial option, haven't you? It makes a hell of a difference. Yeah. Knowing Andy Phantom as I do, he, he'll have been crunching the numbers previously. Yeah. And although we got the extra money unexpectedly from the Chelsea thing and whatever, we've had to carry quite a lot of squad players this year through long term injuries and stuff that we wouldn't have expected. So I'm sure. Chunks of that have, have disappeared. And whilst we're getting bigger games and all that kind of stuff, there's a cost to success. Because all the if we're winning football matches, the players' bonuses will be paid out every week and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's not just as easy as saying, um, we can, of course we can afford to do it and we're going to push the boat out. That massive guarantee of another million quid plus from getting back in the EFL changes the, the calculation completely. Yeah. It, it will do. And John Crute and Andy Phantom and, and, and Mike, uh, the chairman, Mike Goodwin, will uh, have the conversation with anybody who goes in the hot seat. And particularly if, it's, if it is Paul Cook, who, who knows the Dave Allen situation, it's a question of, well, if we're under a grand short one week on wages, we haven't got anybody to put it in. So we're not going to put ourselves in a position where we're going to be under a grand short. Yeah, you know, uh, and 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 that Stuart makes a huge difference. It's almost getting back to football as it was when it was the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker that that, that ran it. Yeah, yeah, you, you, it'd be interesting to see how he copes, but he'll have to cope, won't he? As you say, because it, it we the money is not there for us to start owing huge sums of money to somebody. Because who do we owe it to? You know. The only people you could probably take it off would be the inland revenue and the VAT, wouldn't it? And God help us if we go down that road again. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've just had a look at the uh, the, the end to Burton season in that 0809. The last 14 <laughs> matches, uh, uh, only four were won, two drawn, and eight lost, <laughs> including the last match of the season away at, uh, at Torquay. But they uh, they scraped on uh, they scraped on through. <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't Mike Newell do something similar at Hartlepool? When they were coasting the league or something, yeah, they all came in and they, they collapsed, didn't they? But managed to squeeze over the line. 
Yeah. Something yeah. like that. There's sort of like, I think that might have been after Danny Wilson left or Chris Turner left, Hartley Paul. And then, and then, and then in, in similar uh, collapsing style, I remember Russian and Diamonds, who were up in the top 10 and all very, very happy. They saw, they cashed in on all their good players in the uh, in the yeah. transfer window, or it was probably March deadline then. It wouldn't have been a transfer window, would it? March deadline. And then mm. they just uh, lost everything and ended up going down at the end of the season because... <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. And and that that's football. Yeah, Stockport mm. beat Dover on on Saturday, but but I bet you'd have got good odds on a one nil. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. Good yeah. Odds, odds on a one nil with the goal coming in the eighty fourth minute. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You, it, we, we we all keep saying it, but you've got to be on it in the national league. You know, you've got to be on it. Stockport won't be playing spoiling tactics like a lot of the teams that we play they'll be playing good football but they'll be mm. playing really seriously good football that means you've got to be on the top of your game mm. they'll be having the same conversation that we're having now that we've got to be at the top of the game to beat Chesterfield mm. and uh, um, you know that, that they've been scoring freely as we were earlier in the season yeah. um, and not conceding as we have been doing all season really we've got I read somewhere the other day that we're now overtaking Bournemouth Wood on clean sheets. I've not checked that myself, but I, I would have no reason to disbelieve it if somebody put it out there and had done the work. But, yeah, we don't concede many goals, despite the fact that one of the things that's astounding is, is yeah, we've had the back three all season. We've had 12 different combinations of back three. God, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 Kerr Grimes Crawl on Saturday was the 12th different one. We had Kerr Crawl and Maguire the week before. And Williams, Crowell and Maguire the week before that. And uh, of those 12, I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of them have kept at least one clean sheet. So, oh, you know, we, one we, every two games, though, isn't it? We've got that rotational <laughs> policy. Yeah. Defence hasn't really been a problem for, for most mm. of the. But, uh, but you yeah, know, Maidenhead found us out. Yeah. Uh, um, and Woking did earlier on in the season as well. Mm. Uh, what, we're found uh, that the, the you were saying there we kind of know how Stockport are going to play and I think in, in an odd kind of way us being in limbo land they won't quite know how we're going to play because True. he's he's picked two different teams in the last week playing completely different styles of football completely different formations Dave Challenger's probably sat there scratching his thinking, I wish James Rock was still in charge because at least I'd have a clue what we're going to face. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he does. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's a very, very good point to, uh, to to make. Absolutely. Whereas, of course, Danny Webb will know exactly what he's going to be doing at this moment mm. in time. We'll have seen whether yeah. Lauren McGuire and Curtis Western are fit to, to, to take part. By the way, we can't not mention Jack McCaw. Paul. No. Uh, <sighs> Is his yeah. performance not started the league games since September? Only started that a couple of cup games uh, uh, since then. There was absolutely no wonder that he uh, he had to almost crawl off because he gave everything and some and a bit mm. more that as well. Yes, yeah. yeah, six minutes yeah. he did well. He did really well to see. Yeah, first league start since September in front of his former manager at Macclesfield, who's uh, now manager at uh, Dagenham. Yeah. Highly speculated to go there in January, but uh, that didn't materialise, did it? So um, he's still with Chesterfield, under will be under a new boss and trying to impress as well. So he might have been the ones who who fell short of what uh, James Rowe required, but he certainly came in and gave it his all. He, he, he definitely did. So I was really pleased for him because it was a shock to see him come in as well as partner Sadiq Khan alongside him, who's kind of been in and out hasn't he uh, recently. yeah and, and he was playing in that 
facing forwards role rather than facing backwards or yeah. half turn role. And I think he's better at that. It took him a while to go into it. I think he had a much better second half than first yeah. half. Hmm. Uh, but when he's running at people, you know, they uh, they know it. And uh, I, I think playing him in that position for that match probably means that if he's fit, because he took a few knocks, didn't he? Uh, 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 I think he'll start there against Stockport on Tuesday night. So uh, we'll see. Well, to, to finish, I'm going to ask everybody a couple of questions. Uh, one is your favourite James Rowe moment. I'm not talking about necessarily James Rowe himself, but James Rowe it might be himself, but while he's been in charge. And secondly, what you... And I'm not saying do you think Chester will go up or not, but what do you think will happen from a managerial point of view uh, um, after after the Stockport game? So uh, who's looking as though they don't want to be asked first, Stuart? Hey, it's a favourite sort of moment from the time that he was here. I suppose Asante's goal against Barnet is going to sit mm. long in the memory. Yeah, that's um, the, the sixth goal and his hat-trick goal. Uh, no, sorry, it was the yeah. fifth. Jack McCourt, it was, wasn't it? McCourt's was the sixth fifth. goal, wasn't he? Where he played the pass <laughs> on halfway and then ran and bundled it over the line. Yeah, yeah the um, where he, he ran like what's it? Mm, yeah, kept it out. in from a throw, <laughs> kept it in from a goal kick, and yeah. then beat a keeper, Scott, somebody, Loach or something. Yeah, 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 the <laughs> narrow <laughs> angle. Um, yeah. the, the manager, I, well, I hope we have. Um, you know, with, with sometime within the next couple of weeks that we have um, Paul Cook and Gary Roberts and Danny Webb um, as, the, as a team. Yeah, yes. that's the, yeah, that's a decent call, Paul. Well, as regards the manager, I suppose yeah, exactly what you said there. That's that that's the perfect scenario uh, for me. We're put contracted to the end of the season. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, it won't help me trying to interview him after the game, granted, because. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's such so hyper post game that uh, I'll don't, get don't, mention minutes out of it. don't mention more. Oh, no, I don't mention more. Come on now. I know. Um, favorite James Rowe moment. Um, yeah, good question. There's been quite a few, hasn't there? Yeah. Uh, Even better question since I didn't warn anybody that I might ask that because I've already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The opening day of the season was quite good at Aldershot. Yeah. I thought well, the, there's a team there going full of, full of confidence. And we, they played well in the second half and really showed a side that looked to be trying to gain promotion. That that second half older shot I thought was was really really good. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, my my favourite JR. Now we'll come to you in a minute, Daryl. But my favourite JR moment when you realised we were onto something potentially special was in the 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 only crowd we played in front of the season until right at the end it was that one nil win at Sutton. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Third, or third or fourth game in when we out Sutton Sutton <laughs> uh, and got them riled because we we were doing what they do even better than they did it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that that to me, yeah, we 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 won at Weymouth. We played really well against all the shot and and, and drawn, but Hollison just got that goal just before half time. And uh, the second half, we just absolutely frustrated them to high heaven. And uh, it was just great on a season when there were no fans in. There were about a couple of dozen Chesterfield expats yeah. there just <laughs> dancing and singing for ages after the final whistle. And uh, the, for, for me, that was that. And I agree. I, I, I think we might have a quartet on 
you know, Cook, Roberts and Webb to the end of the season and take it from there, for me, it'd be, it'd be absolutely ideal. So, Daryl, no doubt you're going to agree with that on the managerial thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything different. I just, I just feel it's right at the moment for all parties concerned, and I, I hope, uh, I hope that the the trust can get it over the line. Um, and whatever they do, whatever they end up doing, they'll be doing it for the good of the club. That that you can absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, as regards to James Roma, I'm going to throw in an odd one. Uh, it'd be easy to say the trip to Chelsea and, and, and all all that but I remember watching on the feed when we were going like a train and, and went to Knox County not for the playoff game but for a league game towards yeah. the end of the season and beat them uh, I think it was 1-0 but could have been 5 or 6 yeah, Gavin mm. in free kick wasn't it yeah and we did we did an absolute tactical masterclass job on them um, and and Roe gave an interview after the game to and, and gave the most self-satisfied smile I've ever seen from anybody in the life, knowing that he he got one over Birchinall or Ardley or whoever's in charge at the time. And uh, yeah, it was um, th- that will stick with me. Just that silly grin. <laughs> no, I, I, I remember at the time the the, the press guys at at Notts County uh, all saying, "Well, they're doing they've done exactly what we do." in the match and, and done to them. And and I think it was the first time all season that they'd not absolutely dominated possession. Yes. You know, they, they, they were possession dominators. Mm-hmm. And that day, we, as you quite rightly said, yeah, we, we were fantastic on, uh, on that day. And that was with uh, Denanga starting the, the match. Denanga yeah. started uh, uh, up front, Evans, Maguire. <clears throat> and Hollis with the back, uh, uh, oh, uh, back three, because I think Gunning played in midfield in that game. He did, he did deep line, yeah, yeah. Mm. And Lines on there, we've not mentioned him, you know, and uh, mm. I hope he'll be back uh, before too much long. Because for me, you know, that that right wing back when Jeff King was suspended the other day, that shows that that's uh, an area where yeah, Tyrone Williams can play there. Of course he can. Liam Mandeville mm. can play that. Of course he can. But nobody can quite play it like Jeff King at the moment. No. Yeah. And, and and that that to me would be the 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 you know if, if he picked up another injury and I think some of the some of the the play without him when he got injured you know was was not having him he's, he's top of the charts on assists he's top of the charts on winning penalties uh, and he's top of the charts of playing flipping well on a regular basis yes. so, uh, uh, yeah and he might get caught out defensively from time to time yeah. but not often no. not. Mm. And very often he recovers because he was he was having a difficult time early on against Dagenham and Redbridge on Saturday. Yeah. But he sussed it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, turned it round to make sure that they had to defend because I thought that first half Miles Weston was terrific down the left hand side. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. play. And then but but then Weston was involved in giving away both penalties against was. King, wasn't he? So yes. that's a measure of how he turned it round. Correct. Correct. Absolutely right. So. Uh, yeah, funny old time, funny old week, funny old game, and uh, hopefully not uh, uh, not a funny old podcast. I hope you've enjoyed what we've talked in about uh, what's been a sort of a bit of a seismic week at Chesterfield Football Club, the likes of which we've never seen before. But we're all pretty confident. We're all confident that something will, uh, some good will come out of of this. And uh, you know, I do feel for the likes of 
George Foster and Paul Lemon and Nick Brink and Dan mm-hmm. Evans, who aren't employees yes. of the football club anymore because they were all pretty good people. And uh, for whatever reasons, they're not there anymore. Same goes with Tom Wheel and Grant Smith as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was just delighted to see the players' reaction and, and people like Gavin Gunning's reaction on the bench as, mm. as, as well on Saturday, who clearly has got a lot of um, other time for, for, for James Rowe. And, you know, he, he was fully committed as well, wasn't he? And so to see an absolute squad of players, substitutes, backroom staff, as committed as they were on Saturday against Dagenham and Redbridge um, was, was, was a joy to watch for me, as good as the, the result. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we go to Stockport. It's not season defining, but my word, it'll feel like it at 7.45, won't it? So thanks <laughs> for listening to the Sky's Blue podcast with me, Phil Tooley, Paul Fisher, Daryl Carpenter and Stuart Basson. We'll be back, no doubt. We know who the manager's going to be. this podcast then don't forget to subscribe please rate and review us on spotify apple and google podcasts and many of your favorite podcast providers